It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's the Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Ever feel like a kid again? I do every time I listen to Saturday Story Circle Presents on the set of Jack Armstrong and the All-American Boy. I'm Jack Ward, and we're here with Mutual Presents, and back with some fun adventures as we continue with The Luminous Dragon Eye Ring, Episodes 14 and 15. Believe it or not, we can't find 12 and 13 for some reason. They're nowhere on the net that I can see. So apologies for the jump. Jack Armstrong! Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy! Wave the flag for Hudson High, boys! Show them how we stand. Ever shall team be champions, known throughout the land. Wheaties, breakfast of champions, bring you the thrilling adventures of Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. Just imagine right now that you're sitting in Memorial Stadium at the University of Minnesota. It's a crisp, bright afternoon. All around you are the loyal fans of those famous Golden Gophers. There's plenty of excitement in the air as Bernie Behrman's team lines up for the kickoff. And there it is! Yes, that's the picture thousands of fans are enjoying this fall. But there's one thing that a good many of them won't realize. The preparations for these games began weeks and weeks ago before many of us were even thinking of football. All summer long, these boys worked hard to get in tip-top physical shape. They're taught the value of good, hard training. And if you were playing on the Minnesota squad this year, one of the first things you would have learned from Bernie Behrman would be the importance of training, and training hard 365 days out of the year. Just listen to what he has to say about it. Here are his exact words. One mighty important thing every football player should know is that training helps build champions. Now, if you've got natural ability and if you've got your mind made up that you're going to go places in sports, take my advice. Start following Jack Armstrong's year-round personal training rules right away. One, get plenty of fresh air, sleep, and exercise. Two, use a lot of soap and water because cleanliness is mighty important to an athlete's condition. Three, eat a breakfast of champions every morning. Now... Just listen to what Bernie Behrman has to say about Jack Armstrong's rule number three. He says, I'm in favor of a big breakfast for my boys, one that delivers lots of food energy and nourishment like that famous breakfast of champions. Wheaties with milk and fruit make a swell dish for training. Now, that's a mighty strong recommendation from one of the greatest football coaches in the country, a man who knows his facts on training. Why not take Coach Behrman's advice? Get down to business right away and train Jack Armstrong's way. That means a big breakfast of champions with all the whole wheat goodness of Wheaties for you tomorrow morning and every morning. Ask Mother to stock up on Wheaties for you the very next time she shops. And now, Jack Armstrong, 
the All-American Boy. The schooner Spindrift is still fighting her way through a half gale in the Pacific. Black, ugly clouds are scudding overhead, and the angry waves rush at the little craft as though to engulf her. Another schooner, with all her sails down and running under power, has mysteriously changed her course astern of the Spindrift and is overhauling her. But there is consternation aboard the Spindrift. Blackbeard had just rescued Jack when he was swept overboard by a huge wave. And now, when they are safely on board again, Billy discovers that the amazing moral ring is missing from Jack's finger. Listen. It's gone, Billy. And I know I had the ring on when I was washed overboard. Don't you remember, Betty? We were talking about it. Of course you had it on, Jack. We were talking about how it gave out that green fire in the dark. And you and Uncle Jim had just figured out the secret of that green light and why Dr. Shapato and his gang were so anxious to get it. Jack didn't slip the ring off and give it to you, did he, Uncle Jim? Before he went forward to help Blackbeard with the fossil? No, Billy, he didn't. But, Uncle Jim, we've got to get that ring. Why, it may make all the difference in the world after we get to the Sulu Sea. The ring slipped off your finger while you were overboard, Jack. It's lost to the world for all time. If it's still on the boat, we can find it. Say, where's Blackbeard? He went forward in the forecastle just before that wave broke. Oh, for a moment I thought I'd have to go overboard after him. <laughs> Once overboard in the gale is enough, Jack. Next time I'll keep in and let that schooner behind pick you up. She is overhauling us, isn't she? I wonder why. If you ask me, I'd say she wants company. After all, the Pacific's an awfully big, lonely place with these big waves trying to swallow all of us. Maybe she will feel safer in our company. After all, she must have a diesel engine driving her. Well, we've got to keep up some sail if we want to keep going. Uh, did the ring fit very tightly, Jack? Could it have slipped off while you were overboard? No, I don't think so. I don't believe it would have slipped off by itself. Then you don't think that maybe Blackbeard... Billy, all I remember is being swallowed up by a million waterfalls and being sucked down and down and down. And then I was suddenly able to breathe and Blackbeard was keeping me afloat. Then Blackbeard could have slipped the ring off your finger. Yes, I suppose he could have. But I sort of hate to uh, think that Jack, he would... Jack, do you really suppose that that was all Blackbeard wanted to save you for? Well, I was thinking how brave he was and, and what a wonderful thing he did. It was a brave and wonderful thing, Betty. When he went over after me, I'll bet he wasn't even thinking of the ring. That's the funny thing about Blackbeard. He'll double-cross you, and he can't tell the truth even when he talks in his sleep. But he doesn't know the meaning of fear. You're right, Jack. But once he was overboard, and while he was keeping you afloat, if he noticed the ring on your finger then, why, of course he'd take it. Why, sure he would. After all, that's why he stowed away on this boat, to steal the ring in the chart. Billy, you're right. Blackbeard must have the ring. That's why he left so quickly and went to the forecastle to put it in a safe place. Don't you think so, Uncle Jim? Well, that's not so all along. That's why I wasn't too excited when you discovered the ring was gone. If Blackbeard has it, we'll get it away from him. Let's get it from him now. Come on, Billy. Okay, Jack. Uncle Jim, can you handle things on deck while we give Blackbeard the once-over? Why, sure, Billy. With Betty here to lend a hand. But be careful now. Watch your step as you go forward. And don't try any rough stuff with Blackbeard. We'll be careful, Uncle Jim. And you'd better keep an eye on that schooner astern. She's getting pretty close. Come on, Billy. Jack, if Blackbeard has that ring now, it's going to take dynamite to blast it from him. Then we'll use dynamite. Hang on, here's a big wave coming aboard. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Well, I won't have to take a bath for a year. Well, here we are, Jack. Oh, gosh, that forecastle hatch is stuck. Hey, let me help, Billy. There we are. Okay. Look. There's Blackbeard. He hasn't changed his clothes yet. 
Why, Riddle Maroil, if it isn't Jack and Billy. How do you feel, Jack, after your swim? Why, I'm all right, Blackbeard. And thanks a million for pulling me out. That took lots of nerve. Forget it, lad. Forget it. I know it seems awfully ungrateful, Blackbeard, after what you did, but... Well, I had that ring on when I went overboard, and it's gone now. Why, Jack, that's too bad. And do you suppose it slipped off and went down to Davy Jones' locker? No, Blackbeard. We don't think it slipped off. We think you've got it. Why, blow my binnacle, Jack. Uh, here, uh, go through my pockets. Search me. Search my bunk. Search my clothes. No, thanks. If you want us to search your pockets, the ring's not there. It's somewhere else. Boy, you've hurt me to the quick, Jack. Uh, but I'll tell you what. I'll go on deck and lend your Uncle Jim a hand with the ship. And you and Billy can look around just as much as you like. And when you're through, you'll tell old Blackbeard you're sorry. I'll be a-going now. Jack, do you, do you suppose that he didn't take the ring? He must have, Billy. But he's just doggone sure of his hiding place, that's all. It's here somewhere. We've got to find it. Oh, gosh, there are a million places where he could hide a small thing like a ring. Well, let's try it this way. Suppose you'd rush down here to hide that ring and you knew you only had a minute or two. Where would you hide it? Why, uh, this little door goes forward to the chain locker. I, I think I'd try to hide it in there. I think I would, too. Let's look there. Slip through. Holy smokes, it's awful dark in here. Wait till I find a switch. Now, that wouldn't help. The generator isn't running. Well, I've got some matches in a watertight box, Jack. Here. There, it lights. Oh, good. Here's our candle supply, Jack. I'll light one. Oh, there are a lot of places where he could hide that ring. All these coils of lines, spare canvas, sea anchor, cable, blocks, lanterns. Gee whiz, Billy, it'll take us a day to look through everything. Well, we'll have to follow your plan, Jack. Now, where would you hide the ring if you had to in a hurry? Well, it's hard to say. There's so many places. I might put it in one of the coils of lines, or in the bottom of a lantern, almost anywhere. Where would you put it, Billy? Mm, search me. I might roll it up in some of that spare canvas, or, or slip it under a floorboard. I, I might even dunk it in a can of grease. We've got to search everything in this chain locker, Billy. And we need a good light. I'll go back and start the generator so we can switch on the electric light. Okay, Jack. And I'll stay right here and keep looking around. You better keep Blackbeard on deck. I'll do that. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put out your candle. It's all right. Wait till I light it again. Gosh, you'll crown your head on a stanchion in this darkness. Wait a minute, Billy. Look. What's that? Where, Jack? I can't see a thing in the dark. Look. That spot of green light. Over your head and forward. Why, it looks like a dragon's eye. Jack, that can't be the ring, can it? It must be. We couldn't notice it in the light, but look how it shines in the darkness. Can you reach up there, Billy? I'll try, Jack. Yeah, here it is, Jack. I've got it. Why, we'd never have found it if we hadn't seen it shine that way, Jack. Blackbeard sure put it in a tough place. I'll say he did, but he forgot one thing, that it shines in darkness. Give it to me, Billy, and I'll put it back in the strong box. And you'd better keep it there, Jack. Say, let's not tell Blackbeard. <laughs> we won't. We'll let him think it's still there until he goes to look for it. I bet he'll be fit to chew a marlin spike. Let's go up on deck. Okay, Jack. Say, look, Jack. That schooner is getting mighty close to us. I wonder what she's up to. Billy, look at Blackbeard. Behind Uncle Jim and Betty. What's he trying to do? Jump off the stern? What is he doing anyway? Billy, he's signaling that schooner. See his flashlight? He's signaling that schooner while Uncle Jim can't see him. Jumping Jiminy, that's just what he's doing. But why? Don't you see? There's only one thing it can mean. Some of Dr. Shapato's gang are on that schooner. That's their boat, Billy. They're following us. We'd better tell Uncle Jim right away. Come on. 
Careful, Billy. Don't go overboard now. Gosh, and be picked up by that gang on the schooner? Not me. Here we are. Uncle Jim. Yes, Jack? Don't tell Blackbeard, but we found the ring. Great work, Jack. Where was it? It doesn't matter. But here's something that does matter. Blackbeard signaling the schooner astern of us with a flashlight. What's that, Jack? Why, so he is. But, Uncle Jim, why should Blackbeard want to signal land? It's only too plain, Betty. Don't you see, Betty? That schooner is manned by some of Shapato's gang. That must be it, Betty. Why, I'll bet you that Lazaro himself is a boarder. Very likely, Billy. But what, what can they do? Well, what can't they do, Betty? They wouldn't hesitate to board us, steal the chart and the ring, and then sink the ship. I don't think they'd sink us. Not unless they had to, to get the ring and the chart. But they certainly wouldn't hesitate at an act of piracy. We can make it plenty tough for them if they try that. They're probably equipped for anything, Billy. But I don't think things are as bad as that. They can't possibly try to board us tonight. Why, in this storm, the two boats had crashed together and found her. No, they'll wait until tomorrow when the storm dies down. Then we'll have our chance after dark to slip away. That's just what we'll do, Jack. They'll try to stick to us, but it's going to be black as ink tonight. We'll make Blackbeard stay below and we won't show a light. But, Uncle Jim, won't they know our course? Not on your life, Betty. We'll change our course after dark and bear due south. We'll stay off the regular course all the way to Honolulu. We'd better make sure we're a long ways off by daybreak, Uncle Jim. Can't we hoist the postal and pick up speed tonight? It's a mighty tough blow to be running under three sails, Jack, even when they're reefed. But maybe we'd better chance it. Anything is better than running the risk of being spotted at daybreak. Blackbeard? Uh, aye, aye, Captain Fairfield. Don't you think you've signaled that ship long enough? Why, Spike was vinegar, Captain Fairfield. Uh, why, you don't think... No, that. I don't think, Blackbeard. I know. Give me that flashlight and go forward. Get ready to run up the fossil. The fossil, Captain Fairfield? Uh, you aren't going to run up more sail in this gale, are you? You heard me. Well, rattle her, rat lines. You'll pull the sticks right out of her. Up for the fossil, Blackbeard. And if we found her, we'll all go down to Davy Jones' locker together. Step lively. Well, shiver my timbers. Uncle Jim and Jack are going to crowd sail on their schooner and ride the gale out. But will they be able to get away from that diesel schooner in the night? And if they do, what will they find waiting for them when they reach Honolulu? You can bet that Dr. Shapata will be somewhere around. So listen in, all of you, at the same time tomorrow to another adventure in the mystery of the luminous moral ring with Jack Armstrong, the All-American Boy. Say, will you do something for me within the next three minutes? Okay. Will you remind Mother to be sure and put the word Wheaties right at the top of her shopping list for tomorrow? You'll be mighty glad you did because a package of those toasted whole wheat flakes parked on the breakfast table in the morning means one of the swellest tasting breakfasts in the world for you. Wheaties pack a flavor wallop that's, well, you discovered for yourself tomorrow morning. Have you tried Wheaties? They're whole wheat with all of the brand. Won't you try Wheaties? This is Franklin McCormick saying goodbye until tomorrow for General Mills, makers of Wheaties, Breakfast of Champions, who have just presented another episode of Jack Armstrong, the All-American Boy. The best breakfast food in the land. Wave the flag for Hudson High, boys. Show them how we stand. Ever shall our team be champions. Jack Armstrong! Jack Armstrong! Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. Wave the flag for Hudson High, boys. Show them how we stand. Ever shall our team be champions. 
known throughout the land. Wheaties, breakfast of champions, bring you the thrilling adventures of Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. Say, if you're any kind of a sports fan, I'll bet you'd be mighty happy if you had a date to eat breakfast tomorrow morning with a bunch of great athletes like Bob Feller, Ernie Lombardi, Hank Greenberg, Joe DiMaggio, Dixie Walker. Well, you know, if you were to see those fellas at the breakfast table, you'd make a mighty interesting discovery. You'd find that every one of them calls for his breakfast of champions regularly and often. And that's for sure. You see, hundreds of great athletes in just about every line of sport you can name rate that combination of Wheaties, milk or cream, and fruit their favorite training breakfast cereal. And for some mighty good reasons, too. In the first place, a breakfast of champions is the finest flavored breakfast I know. You get the extra special malty flavor of whole wheat plus the flavor of the fruit you like best. And man, when you get those two flavors together in one dish, it's mighty hard to keep from going back for big second helping. Try it tomorrow and see if that combination of top-notch flavor doesn't hit the spot with you. And another thing. This breakfast of champions is so doggone easy to fix, you can have it all ready in no time at all. Just reach for that orange and blue package. Shake a man-sized helping of Wheaties into a bowl, top it off with your favorite fruit, and you've got the very same breakfast dish that's an all-time winner with Ernie Lombardi and hundreds of other great athletes. What's more, a breakfast of champions is mighty nourishing. It gives you all of the essential nourishment of 100% choice whole wheat. It's good, substantial nourishment that sticks by you and doesn't let you down. So why not join the great gang of Wheaties fans tomorrow morning? Ask Mother to get you a big supply of Wheaties and then eat a swell-tasting, nourishing breakfast of champions tomorrow morning and every morning from now on. And now, Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. The schooner Spindrift slipping through a calm sea, is now in sight of Honolulu. The western sun is sinking into the horizon, lighting up Diamond Head with its golden glow. Billy is at the wheel with Betty beside him. Jack and Uncle Jim are trying to identify a suspicious-looking schooner which is just showing its sails astern of them. They have reason to believe those aboard it may be pursuing the spindrift to steal a chart and a remarkable Moro ring which may lead to the recovery of the precious element uranium-235 lost in a sunken yacht in the Sulu Sea. Listen. Can you see her through the glasses, Uncle Jim? I mean, can you see if she is the schooner? I can see her pretty well, Jack. Yes, I'm sure she's the one. After we shook her off in the storm, she probably came straight to Hawaii. I bet she's been cruising back and forth to intercept us. But she missed us. At least it's almost too late for her to try any rough stuff now. If the breeze doesn't die down, we'll hit the Honolulu breakwater tonight. And if it does die, it'll be too bad for us. That schooner's powered with a diesel engine. Dr. Shapato and his gang aren't sparing any expense to get the chart in the ring, are they? And they won't spare any, any expense, Jack. When you consider what it means to any nation to get hold of that uranium-235 and to unlock the unlimited energy in the atom, why, they'll move heaven and earth to thwart us. Well, they haven't licked us yet. Billy... Easy to starboard and reach straight for Diamond Head. It'll be dark soon and you'll have the lights to bear on. Hi, Ice Skipper Jack. I was thinking of Blackbeard. All the trouble he's gone to for nothing. Just trying to get that ring. Have you seen him lately, Betty? Not for a half an hour, Billy. Maybe he's jumped overboard to try and swim ashore. He could do it in this calm sea. He won't do it until he gets his hands on that chart in the ring. 
I'll bet he's below thinking up a good answer to tell Chapato's gang when their schooner pulls in. If this wind dies down, we're going to have that gang on top of us tonight. But where is Blackbeard? Up to some mischief, I'll bet. Well, he's missing a wonderful sunset. Look how Diamond Head lights up. My little land looks good after all these days at sea. Here comes Blackbeard now, up from the forecastle. Your friends are still astern, Blackbeard. We'll beat him to the breakwater yet. Straight my barnacles, Jack. Can't you believe an old tar? Them's not friends of mine. Didn't I tell you they double-crossed me? <laughs> That's your story, Blackbeard, and you're stuck with it. Oh, look! My Betty, what's the trouble? You see a ghost? Look! Is that smoke? Where? There, seeping through the main hatch. Smoke? No, that's... Wait a minute. Jumping crickets, maybe it is smoke. That means fire. Lend a hand, Blackbeard, quick. Oh, look at the smoke. I can't see the fire. It must be way down in the hole. Close the hatch, Jack, quick. <coughs> Open the hatch and let the fire breathe. That's closed. Tight. Tell me, did you see the fire? I don't know. Too much smoke. I couldn't see anything. We've got to act quickly. The gasoline is stored down there. It may go up any moment. Throw some water and supplies in the skiff and lower it. Then we'll fight the fire. Right. Just water and supplies? That's all, Jack. I'll get the strong box, the compass, the outboard motor, and a few other things. Billy, bring the ship upwind and leave the wheel. Help Jack load supplies. You bet I will. Betty, you get in the skiff as soon as we lower it and stand by the cast off if the gasoline blows up. I will not. I'll help you and Jack and get in the skiff when you do. You'll do as you're told, Betty. All right, Uncle Jim. Splice my backstay, Captain Fairview. Maybe I can lick that fire. You can't go down in that hold without a fire mask, Blackbird. You'll suffocate. Well, I'll go below in the forward cabin with an axe and knock out the bulkhead. Good. That may work. Knock out the bulkhead and play the big extinguishers in the base of the hole. When you get the bulkhead knocked out, Blackbeard, sound off. I'll come below and lend you a hand. If we can get to the blaze before it reaches the gasoline or the auto gyro, we may save the boat yet. All right. Everyone knows what he's to do. Now get to work. I'll get the food supplies, Jack. You'll get a water can. Hey, Uncle Jim told you to stay with the skip when we lower it. I can't, Jack. I just can't. If the boat blows up, I've got to be with the rest of you. Okay, Betty. Hi, Billy. Betty will help me with the supplies. You get the skiff unlashed and ready to lower. Right, Jack. Then I'll help you. There's a water cask in the galley, some unopened hardtack, and a lot of canned goods. We won't need very much. Good girl. You know where everything is. Let's go. Oh, here. Is that water cask large enough? It ought to be. With any luck, we can make sure with the outboard. Oh, then we won't need much food. Uh, better play safe. Might get a strong offshore wind, and the outboard motor might break down. We might get blown way out. Smell the smoke. It's getting worse. I know. I don't like it being so close to the gasoline. You ought to be back in the skiff. And leave you and Billy and Uncle Jim to burn up? Now Blackbeard will burn up with us. That's Blackbeard now. He's smashing a hole through the bulkhead. Hey, this water cast is heavy. Yeah, Blackbeard really is smashing things up below. I hope he breaks through near the fire. Who'd have thought a box of hardtack could weigh so much? Oh, here's Billy. Can you lend a hand, Billy? You bet, Betty. Here, give me that box. You better take some of the lighter stuff. Okay. Can you handle that cask all right, Jack? Only on special occasions like this. Is the skiff ready? Yep. She's hanging out from the dab. It's all ready to load. Good. Stand clear while I squeeze through with this cask. How's the fire? Uh, it's worse, Jack. Smoke is just streaming through the hatch cover. We better hurry. Hey, the smoke is bad, isn't it? Where's Uncle Jim? In the main cabin. He put the strong box in the skiff. And then he went back for the compass and the outboard motor. That'll be enough water. And food, too, if we don't get blown out to sea for a day or two. But I don't see the smoke. Too dark, Betty. But you can smell it, though. Here, I'll flash my light on it. See it? Oh, 
Oh, I can see the flames, too. Mm, I don't think so, Betty. That's the reflection of my light. But you can bet there are flames below with all that smoke. Blackbird ought to have broken through the bulkhead by this time. Yeah, he stopped smashing things up, Jack. He must be through. Gosh, I sure hope he can get the big extinguisher going in time. Well, Blackbeard has his moments, hasn't he? We think he's our worst enemy, and then down he goes to save us. Well, maybe. But don't forget he's saving his own hide, too. And maybe saving that chart and the ring that he wants to get. Well, everything is stowed, Jack, except what Uncle Jim is bringing. Here he comes now. Water in. Food in. Everything ready, Uncle Jim. Good. I've loaded the strong box, and here's the compass and the small outboard. Two pairs of oars, Jack? Two pairs, sir. All lashed down. Unlash one pair so Betty can get away in a hurry if things blow up. All right, Betty, in you go, and we'll lower away. But, Uncle Jim... No buts, young lady. I'm skipper here. In you go. All right, Uncle Jim, but if anything happens to the rest of us... Something will happen to us if you kill time arguing. Lower away, Billy. Aye, aye, sir. What a break that the seas calm down. Is she all clear, Betty? All clear. Good. Unhook the blocks. I've got the painter made fast here. She blows up, Betty. Unship the painter from your end and pull away in the clear. Then stand by to pick us up. We've got to get to shore before that schooner overhauls us. I'll see how Blackbeard is coming on with the fire. There he is now. What luck, Blackbeard? Oh, hard to tell, Jack. I cut through, dumped one extinguisher and then another on her. But she's still a-blazing. Can we put it out? Well, I was just about to say, if you'll all come down and help move stuff, we can get to it. I don't know. That gasoline... Uh, it's not to the gasoline yet. It won't be for a few minutes. But if you'll all come down... All right, follow me, Jack and Billy. Why, I hope we can put it out, Billy. I hope so, too, Jack. Uh, Blackbeard cut a hole, sure enough. Give me that light, Billy. I'll go in and pass stuff back to you. You pass it to Jack, and Jack, you pile it up. But keep the exit clear. We don't want to be trapped here. Here, give me that, Billy. It's still burning somewhere. Never saw so much smoke in my life. We've got to work fast. Pass it back, Billy. Pass it back. We'll find the blaze yet. Here you are, Jack. Wet stuff. Blackbeard is doused it all. Shoot it back. Well, you don't see any sign of scorching. Oh, guess the fire's further back. Buddy, what are you doing here? Uncle Jim, I hear. But you've no business here. It's not safe. I know, Jack, I know, but I, I just couldn't stay in the skiff all safe when all you were here fighting the fire, so I climbed back up. All right, Betty, I understand. Here, I'll pass this stuff back to you, and you pile it on one side. But don't block the companionway. Oh, okay. I think I'm getting close to it. Jack, pass up the extinguisher. Here you are, Billy. Shoot it up. Okay. There, did you get it, Uncle Jim? Did you get it? Yes, I got it. Wait a minute. What's this? What is it? Look. Well, it's not a fire at all. Not a real fire. Just a whole lot of smoke. But just what? a tin box of old rags and hemp and wet oakum. Smoldering away and making enough smoke to shame a forest fire. But what caused it? Spontaneous combustion, perhaps, Billy. It's always dangerous to leave old paint rags around in a box or closet. Say, maybe it's not spontaneous combustion. Maybe it was done on purpose. You mean... Jack, you're right. What a blind fool I've been. Is Blackbeard there with you? Well, yes, he's right. No, he's not. He's not here. Well, of course he's not. Don't you see it all? This was a trap and we fell into it up to our necks. Quick, Jack. Undeck and see if the skiff is still there. It's hard to see. It's so dark. But I hear the motor. The skiff is gone. And Blackbeard... Yes, Blackbeard's gone too. Now, oh, Jack, I never give that scoundrel credit for the sense he has. But Uncle Jim, the strong box. The chart and the ring, they're both in the strong box. Oh, Uncle Jim, but it's all my fault. If I'd stayed in the skiff... Well, I'm glad you didn't this time, Betty. But next time, remember that orders are orders. But now Blackbeard has the chart and the ring. Oh, no, not this time. I slipped them into my pocket when I brought up the strong box. Just in case. See? Here's the ring. Still glowing with that green fire in the dark. Oh! Uncle Jim, how wonderful! 
Butker? Gosh, and Blackbeard thinks he has it. He's going back to meet his gang on the schooner, and he thinks the charts in the ring are still in the strong box. Billy, won't that gang see red when they open that box? This makes the third time we fooled them. The third time, Jack. We've a long way to go yet. They'll be in Honolulu with us tomorrow, and they won't waste any time getting to work. They're going to try and get that ring if they have to blow up the harbor to do it. Say, what is going to happen in Honolulu? Is Dr. Shapato's crew going to sit still and let Jack and his friends get safely away to the Sulu Sea with that chart and that precious ring? And what about Blackbeard? He's going to have to do something to save his own skin. It looks as though some thrilling adventure is piling up for the crew of the Spindrift. So listen in, all of you, at the same time Monday to another thrilling adventure in the mystery of the luminous Moro ring with Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. Say, how would you like to wake up tomorrow with a swell surprise waiting for you? Well, you'll get a pleasant surprise if there's a big breakfast of champions parked on the table waiting for you. That combination of Wheaties, milk or cream and fruit delivers a top-notch flavor. It's the kind of extra special flavor that ought to bring you right back to the big orange and blue Wheaties package for a big second helping. Get a couple of packages of Wheaties and enjoy a breakfast of champions with all the whole wheat goodness of Wheaties every morning. Have you tried Wheaties? They're whole wheat with all of the bran. Won't you try Wheaties? This is Franklin McCormick saying goodbye till Monday for General Mills, makers of Wheaties, Breakfast of Champions, who have just presented another episode of Jack Armstrong, the All-American Boy. Wave the flag for Hudson High, boys. Show them how we stand. Ever shall our team be champions. And that's this week's Mutual Presents feature. The Mutual Audio Network brings the best of old-time radio and modern audio theater to the world. Be sure to subscribe through the Mutual Audio Network podcast feed, any of our podcast days, or the Mutual YouTube channel, which includes MadCon and many other extra features and shows. See you all next time at Mutual Presents. Good night. Now, you seem to me to be a connoisseur of the best of radio drama. In which case, make sure you're subscribed to the Monday Matinee Feed. There we have our weekly series of dramatic, theatrical, classic, eclectic and live radio drama. So yeah, either the main Mutual Audio Network feed for all types and genres of audio drama, or the Monday Matinee. And we'll see you there. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.